of First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, and we've been talking about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit, and um, and not only that, we've been talking about the anointing. We've been talking, we've been talking a lot about things concerning the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit and how He works. And uh, have y'all been getting a lot out of this? Has it been helping you all at all? I'm telling you, man, it's very helpful to to um, it's very helpful uh, to know. Uh, what 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 the word says about uh, the moving of the spirit? Because God, you know, God is um, God is really capable of anything. There are absolutely no limits to what God can do. But because God wants to wants us to uh, wants us to be aware of what He does and the things that He's uh, doing here on the earth, He's given us His word. So that we can, uh, so that we can check, and make sure that what we're experiencing or what we're, you know, so, so there's lots of things that happen. Um, there are lots of things that go on in the world, and sometimes you can look at it and say, "Is that God? Is God trying to tell us something? You know, is God trying to do something?" To get? Well, that's what the Word of God enables us to do. God gave us His Word and has confined Himself to working in the boundaries of His Word, so that we don't. So we're not led astray by things that we see, hear, or feel so that we can look into his word and determine, is this God or is it not God? And we know there's, there's, a, there's um, everything that we encounter in life, there's a source of, from where that, of where that came from. And you can determine the source by what the word of God says about it. And so uh, what you, what you uh, experience in life will either come from God, it'll come from the enemy who is uh, the devil, or it'll just be something that comes out of your own, uh, out of human nature, or just out of one's own human uh, spirit. It'll it'll be man, something of of man, and so. But you can determine those things by the word of God, which is why we we do these studies. So um, this helps us. This study is going to help us to understand um, how the spirit works in the life uh, of the believer. So anyway, First Corinthians chapter twelve. We'll start. Uh, let's start at uh, verse. Um, Let's start at verse 1 because we, I haven't read it to you in a minute, even though I know y'all have been reading it. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, can you put that up, uh, Joe, and let's try, it in the, uh, let's try it in the New King James Version, and that way um, everybody, maybe, maybe there'll be people that understand it better in New King James. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, well, it says the same thing, doesn't it? I would not have you ignorant. So in other words, he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts, and really what he's saying is the things of the Spirit. Next verse. So now let me ask you this. When he said, now concerning spiritual gifts or the things of the spirit, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Let me, let me ask you this question. Does that, if, if, you, if, if the Lord didn't want us to be ignorant of the things of the spirit, doesn't that include not just the things of the spirit of God, but the things of the spirit of man and the things of the spirit, maybe of the world, or uh, he wanted us to be aware of uh things or, or at least have an understanding of all things spiritual. Wouldn't that be right? So there's a desire that God has for us not to be unlearn, unlearned concerning spiritual things or the things of it. There is a spirit realm. And there's a lot of people that go through their whole life not realizing that there is a natural realm and there is a spirit realm. There's the visible and then there's the invisible 
Uh, one is temporary and the other is eternal. What makes something real? Have you ever thought about that? Hey, Talisha, I love you and your mini-me's coming in, in here. And that one boy, listen, that, I don't know how Phoenix does it. He, he follows you and doesn't even look up. <laughs> that kid's good, boy. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I like to tell people this because I think we think that this, this realm of where we, where, we, uh, where we can touch and feel things, where we, where we, where we uh, function in normal everyday life, we believe that this realm is, is real. Um, and it, you know, it is, it's, it, the natural realm is real, but it's temporary. And so, uh, but the spirit realm is eternal. There's no end to the things that are going on in the spirit. So the spirit realm is actually more real than this natural realm. And when people live their lives unaware of the fact that there is a natural realm and that there is a spiritual realm, sometimes they can't even determine what's going on in the natural because they're so unaware and so un unlearned concerning the things of the Spirit, which is why the Bible tells us that we need to be aware of spiritual things. Um, you know, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. But anyway, so uh, now concerning the Spirit, I have you ignorant. Uh, you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, however you were led, and dumb not meaning stupid, but meaning mute, uh, idols that don't speak or gods that don't talk. Uh, he was telling them, you were carried away by these gods that didn't talk. Um, you were led, led astray by them. Um, verse 3, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus cursed or accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Um, I think I explained that to you all. Uh, you're not going to, um, you're, if, if you're led by the Spirit of God, or if the Spirit of God is working in you, you're not going to destroy the kingdom. You're not going to, you're not going to make the things of God accursed um, if, you're, if you're led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, the Lordship of Jesus will always be magnified in what you do in ministry, in your life, in your walk. That's what this scripture is saying. So it's not saying that someone who is um, under the influence of a bad spirit can't say Jesus is Lord. Because I've, I've seen people do that when praying. They say uh, if, they're, if they're really under the influence of an evil spirit, they can't say Jesus is Lord. That's not true. You know, the devil's a liar. And uh, so uh, uh, an evil spirit can say that, but an, an evil spirit won't exalt the Lordship of Jesus won't magnify the lordship of Jesus. And that's what that's trying to say. So you can determine whether something's of God or not, depending on whether you can tell where it comes from. If a man is lifted up, could be the devil, could be man that's at, you know, that's at work. Uh, if God is lifted up, if Jesus is lifted up, if the lordship of Jesus is magnified, that could be man and could be God. It'll never be the devil. It'll never be the devil. But if uh, if... Jesus is minimized and his lordship is minimized. Satan's always behind that, even if, even if man, or, man uh, is involved in it. So um, next, next verse. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Uh, there are differences of, of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. 
but the manifestation of the Spirit, this is talking about the Holy Spirit because that word Spirit is capitalized, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Next verse. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits, which is where we're at right now. To another, uh, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Next verse. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. And so... That's what we've been talking. We've been talking about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. Now, what we've categorized these gifts, and there are uh, three categories of gifts. Revelation gifts. Um, there are uh, what some people call vocal gifts or speaking gifts, uh, utterance gifts. And then there are uh, power gifts. And so we've been talking about and have only gotten through uh, those uh, revelation gifts. And so those revelation gifts are the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, and the gift of the discerning of spirits. So what we're going to talk about is the gift of discerning of spirits. So um, on uh, the previous lessons that we've had, we've talked about a word of wisdom. We've talked about word of knowledge. This lesson will cover the third revelation gift, hopefully as thoroughly as we can, uh, the discerning of spirits. Uh, the most important of the three revelation gifts, I think we already established this, is the word of wisdom. So um, the word of wisdom by far is the most important of, of this category of gifts. Um, and then the word of knowledge, you know, coming in uh, as second. And then thirdly, uh, the gift of the discerning of spirits. Everything within the realm of knowledge, whether it's facts, events, motives, origins, or destinies, human, divine, or satanic, natural or supernatural, uh, or past, present, future, comes within the focal range of one or the other of these three revelation gifts. Uh, the gifts can include in their uh, comprehensive scope all that God knows. And so you have to understand that these gifts working in the life of a believer gives us access by the Spirit to everything that God knows. Not that we will have, not that we have access as we desire or by our own will, but it's as the Spirit wills. And so God can literally make everything known that He knows through these gifts to us. To me, that's exciting. Amen. Y'all don't look too impressed, but I'm I'm excited about that. Um, and there's nothing that God knows that may not be made known to man as the Spirit wills through the agency of one or more of these revelation gifts. The word of wisdom gives us the revelation of the plans and purposes in the mind of God. You could understand why that, that would be the greatest of all these gifts. Naturally, it would be more important than anything else in all the world to have a revelation of God's plans and purposes for, for, for whatever, for his people. If we can know the plans and the purposes that are in the mind of God, that would be the best thing anyone could ever have. So the word of knowledge gives us the revelation of facts, 
that are now or that have been. A discerning of uh, spirits gives us supernatural insight into the spirit world to discern. Um, So to discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. So the gift of the discerning of spirits is us perceiving uh, uh, through the influence of God's spirit uh, by seeing or hearing into the realm of spirits. So uh, did y'all understand that? So discerning of spirits is hearing and seeing into the realm of spirits. The, uh, The discerning of spirits actually has a more limited range of operation than the other two revelation gifts. Uh, the gifts uh, of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Uh, that's because revelation is limited to a single class of objects, which is spirits, where the word of knowledge can talk to you about different stuff, you know, different events, uh, different understanding. And the word of wisdom can give you revelation concerning lots of different things. The gift of the discerning of spirits has a purpose to just reveal spirits. And so it's limited in its scope and in its range. Are y'all understanding that? So the gift of discerning of spirits isn't the gift of busybodiness where, well, you know, I had a feeling or something. That's not the gift of the, the gift of the discerning of spirits is when you perceive um, whether it, and I always tell people this, the gift of discerning of spirits will come on you and allow you to see with your natural eyes into the realm of the spirit and to see what spirits are active and operating uh, by the Holy Spirit giving you that ability and that insight. Now, I know for most people in the world that would seem crazy or far-fetched, but that's the the gift. Um, That's the gift of the the gift of discerning of spirits. So the, the revelation that the word of wisdom, word of knowledge brings is broader and applies to people, places, and things. Discerning of spirits gives us supernatural insight only into the realm of spirits. Uh, remember, the discerning of spirits is seeing or hearing into the spirit world. It also reveals the kind of spirit that's in operation behind a supernatural manifestation. Extremely important, I think, for this generation, uh, especially the generation we're living in now, because I think there's a lot of people, especially in the... Um, in the area of deliverance, that we've, listen, y'all, I'm going to tell you something. You, I, I don't have an aversion to you all hearing from other teachers, hearing from other instructors concerning these things. But right now, there's a, a, a resurgence in the deliverance uh, move. And this happens every now and again. I've, I've been doing this now for nearly 40 years. And I've seen a surge in the deliverance movement about three or four times in that period of time. There's just this surge that comes up. And listen, God is in the delivering business, delivering people from evil spirits. And we're going to talk about that tonight, uh, delivering people from evil spirits. How many of you know that there are people that need deliverance from evil spirits? There are people that are tormented by evil spirits. And the only way of dealing with that is you can't, listen, you can medicate people, but if it's a spiritual problem, all the medication in the world isn't going to help. You can, you can give them supplements. You can, you can take them to Disney, and they can have a dream vacation, and it may alleviate the problem, and, and they may be able to come to a place where they're able to maintain uh, what's happening in them. But if what's going on, if the source is an evil spirit, then there's only one remedy. There's only one answer. That's Jesus and the power that's in his name to bring freedom and deliverance. And so um, when, when, um, when evil abounds, when darkness abounds, 
then there's a need for grace to abound much more. So when people find themselves more and more bound up, I knew coming out of this time of what the government has called a pandemic, I knew the minute you isolate people, people will give them over, themselves over to things that aren't necessarily healthy for their spiritual walk. Not having fellowship with other people, not having a, a relationship with other people, communication with other people, just that, that in and of itself is not how God designed us to be. And so people began to turn to other things. Social media was a big, a big uh, contributor to, the, to some, of the, some people's problems right now. And some of the difficulties people are going through right now. Because people started interacting with one another through social media. And on social media, when you're behind a keyboard and behind a screen, and you don't have to look at someone face-to-face -face while you're telling them something that's hurtful, while you're telling them something that's, that's uh, not uh, uh, edifying, you know, when you're tearing somebody down on social media, it's, easy, it's easier to do when you're not having to look someone in the face. Well, what, what happened is, is instead of us waking up and saying, you know, I should be more kind, what most people have done is now they think it's okay to just talk to people in person like they talk to people on social media. And we're finding out that's not acceptable, especially some of you that have to work with people in the public, you know, on a regular basis. It, it's not, it, it, that didn't help us. And that opens up doors to, to wrong spirits, to evil spirits. Are y'all hearing me? You open up the door to the devil when you do things that, um, that uh, we don't understand that certain actions entertain evil spirits. Uh, that's why you go to a satanic, uh, you know, or you talk to people that are part of satanic rituals or part of the occult. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of a sexual perverseness is practiced. A lot of drugs are taken. A lot of things like that. Uh, happen and go on and those are, it's because those kinds of activities attract evil spirits it opens up the door for people to be bound up by devils and a lot of times that's uh, how the gift of discerning the spirits let me let me get the cart in front of the horse so let's let's I mean, let me give you some more information um sometimes sometimes um well someone once said this they said the best way to find out what something is is to find out what it's not <laughs> so let's discuss what the discerning of spirits is not. Uh, it is not discernment. I've heard people use that term and say, I have the gift of discernment. Uh, that there's not a gift of discernment. Actually, there's uh, nothing like that that's mentioned in the Bible. There's no gift of discernment. It's the gift of discerning of spirits. Many times what people call uh, the gift of discernment is really the gift of uh, the word of knowledge in operation. Sometimes they're just busybodies. In other words, uh, sometimes people know things by the Spirit and call it discernment, but that doesn't mean it really is discernment. It's actually uh, the word of knowledge. Also, the discerning of spirits is not a kind of spiritual mind reading, uh, and the discerning of spirits is not a psychological insight, nor is it mental uh, penetration. Uh, it's not the power to discern the faults of others. You'll find that the power to discern faults in others is not possessed, uh, is possessed not only by believers, but by unbelievers as well. Uh, you don't even have to be a Christian to have the, uh, that gift. <laughs> as a matter of fact, the power uh, to discover or discern faults in others is absolutely forbidden in Scripture. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7, 1, judge not uh, that you be not judged. So one purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to destroy this 
so-called gift of discerning faults in others, uh, which is nothing more than criticism, and then to replace it with the sweet gift of gentle, gentle uh, forbearing or uh, putting up with one another. <laughs> the gift of discerning of spirits is not fault-finding. Uh, if those who think that they have the gift uh, of fault-finding would just turn that gift on themselves for about 15 seconds, uh, they'd never use it again. Therefore, the gift of discerning of, of, of spirits is not a spiritual gift to uncover human failures. Christians should walk in love, and the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins, 1 Peter 4, 8. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, said, and be, oh boy, this, here's, a, here's a scripture we need to preach on regular, uh, especially today. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32. Paul was talking here to Christians. No, uh, the discerning of spirits is not discerning of character or faults. It's not even the discerning of people. It's called the discerning of spirits, and it deals with spirits that exist in the spirit realm, whether they are divine, satanic, or human. And so it covers every realm. So discerning of spirits is not simply the discerning of demons. So let me point this out, um, that the gift of discerning of spirits is not just uh, to see evil spirits uh, or to deal with evil spirits, although that'll happen. To say that discerning of spirits has to do only with devils is misleading. Uh, the gift has to do with the entire class of spirits, including good spirits, bad spirits, human spirits. It's supernatural insight into the realm of spirits. Discerning of evil spirits is included, of course, but too many times folks have thought that seeing demons and devils is all this gift encompasses and they've been misled. So I want to talk to you about this, and I want to make sure that we have some clarity on this, some real clarity on this. Um, we, there's, a, there's an imbalance that always comes. When God does something, man will always take it and try to take it too far. Every time. We will always take it beyond where God intends for it to go. Uh, we'll either take it too far or we won't take it far enough. We almost never walk in the middle of the road, you know? We almost never find where God is and do what he tells us to do. We either go too far or we don't go far enough, but we never, we never, almost never maintain balance. So the way some people teach about demons and casting out demons troubles me big time because it's not actually in line with the word of God. And it binds people instead of delivering them. For example, Many things that people say are the devil aren't the devil at all. They are works <clears throat> of the flesh. Uh, the works of the flesh are listed in Galatians 5, uh, starting with cha uh, uh, chapter 5, starting with verse 19. Um, can you put that up there, Joe? Galatians 5, starting with verse 19. And we've, we've, we've covered uh, this in the past. We've, we've looked at these... Uh, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Does anybody know what lewdness is? Anyway, you look up the word lewdness and, and read us the definition 
so that we have so that we have what Mr. Webster has to say about it. <clears throat> Lewdness. Next, next verse, Joe. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self, ooh, selfish ambitions. Oh, man, I know some people. I know some people. My gosh, amen. Dissensions, heresies. What does it say, mama? Being obscene and vulgar. Well, lustful pleasures. How about for dissension? I mean, I know what it is, but divisions, divisions, factions. Um, so these, these things... <clears throat> You know, these things are attributed many times to the devil. You know, there's a man, when I was growing up, he was a black comedian. His name was Flip Wilson. And some of you that are, some of you will remember Flip Wilson. But one of his things he used to love to say was, the devil made me do it. <laughs> and you know what? Devil can't make you do nothing. <clears throat> he, can, he can certainly try to woo you in a certain direction. And if you're carnal and living in the flesh as a believer... These are the things that will give place to the enemy and allow him to uh, mess you up. But any, anyway, envy is mentioned in this passage of Scripture as a work of the flesh. Yet when someone has a problem with envy, many times someone wants to cast out the, the devil of envy out of them. A hatred is also mentioned as one of the works of the flesh. But we wouldn't necessarily cast out a demon of hatred from a person. We have, to, we have the flesh to deal with. And we're told in the word how to deal with it. We're to crucify and mortify the deeds of the flesh. Romans chapter 8, 13 tells us that. Colossians 3, 5 tells us that. We need to be careful about these things. We need to be scriptural and believe the truth of God's word and practice it. We need to be careful to follow what the word says if we're to receive lasting results. It's just like any other Bible doctrine. If you overemphasize any one Bible doctrine to the exclusion of other things, you can go to the extreme and get out of balance. Um, I, I always pray that God will help me and everyone around me uh, to stay balanced in, in ministry and in what I'm doing in, uh, for the Lord. Um. I'll give you an example of that. We know that water baptism is a scriptural doctrine, yet there are people who have uh, distorted the doctrine of water baptism have gotten out of balance. They tell people that if they're not baptized in water, uh, they're not saved. Uh, some will tell people that water baptism is what saves them. Then there are others who will tell people that unless they're water baptized according to a certain formula or ritual, they're not saved. I even heard one man on the radio say, uh, I don't care how many of you have been baptized <clears throat> in the name of Jesus only, uh, you're not saved unless I did it. If I didn't baptize you in the name of Jesus, you're going to hell on a grease pole. So I'm the only one authorized to do it. And none of you will go to heaven unless I baptize you in water in the name of Jesus. Of course, we know that's ridiculous. Uh, but you see, this man had gotten off into extremes. He wasn't following the word and got into error. Uh, I believe in water baptism. I'm sure that those of you that are here in this church do because we teach it as one of our fundamental principles. Um, 
But any Bible doctrine you take to an extreme is not helpful, it's harmful. And uh, I also believe in the reality of evil spirits. I believe we need to know something about them and how to deal with them. But if you take it to the extreme, you can do more harm than good, and you can begin to believe that everyone has a devil in them. Some people become more devil conscious than they are God conscious. And as a result, they give place to the enemy and he defeats them in life. But Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So let me, let me talk about this for a minute because I think it's important for us to know this. Is this helping anybody yet? One of the, one of the things that I think that we've been led down the road to believe as Christians and I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about deliverance here for a second because, again, I think that we're in one of those times where there's a resurgence in this ministry, and I want to make sure that you all understand. Now, listen to me. I have I functioned in the that I've told you that that as a teenager, the Lord spoke to me, and He uh, through another person through my spiritual mother, and she said, "God is giving you the gift of the discerning of spirits." And um, from that moment on, I began to see in the realm of spirits. And I've seen demons, and I, it, it's, it happens so, so frequently or so regularly that it doesn't surprise me anymore. But I see angels as well. <clears throat> I see the Holy Spirit when he rests upon people. Uh, sometimes I can see <clears throat> when someone's being tormented in their own human spirit just by the cares of life or by anxiety or, or, or things of that nature. Uh, and it's not really necessarily a, a, an evil spirit at work. Uh, for example, you know, I, sometimes I'll look at people and what I'll see with my eyes is I'll see like a gray haze over their, over their face. And I always, I always have the same kind of feeling. My, it's almost like my palms ache and I feel like a, a weight on my shoulders. But I know that that, that may have been how a, an evil spirit impacted. The, that might be the impact of an evil spirit, but that evil spirit is no longer present. Those people now are keeping, them, keeping themselves in bondage because at one time an evil spirit tried to throw something on them and it put them in, for lack of a better term, put them in a funk that they're not able to shake. And so some people go through their life, you know, in a funk. Uh, a, a, yeah, there was a devil that was present at one time, but what it did was it just tossed them into a, a tailspin and now they're, they're in the, their own human spirit is bound up because they won't get, get a hold of the Word of God and won't believe the Word of God and what the Word of God says about them. And coming out of a funk like that, that's how you come out of a funk like that, is you've got to believe what the Word of God says about you. So, <clears throat> but one of, the, uh, one of the things that I've seen in deliverance ministry is I've seen people, um, uh, I know there's there several ministries here in Oklahoma City uh, that, that were going when I got born again, when I, shortly after I got born again, they were already in existence and they were meeting, uh, they used to meet, some of them would meet at hotel uh, conference centers, some of them met in people's homes, um, some of them met in churches, uh, but they all passed around the same books and, and uh, pretty much talked about the same kind of stuff. Pigs in the Parlor was a book that, and I don't write that down so you can read it. I don't, to me, that's not met recommended reading. I'd I picked up the book one time. I read I read Pigs in the Parlor about halfway through, and the book the book caused more trouble than it did good. And so I'm I'm sure the people that wrote the book were well meaning, but it wasn't a book that brought freedom. It was a a book that raised questions, and caused me to uh, 
cause me to question the validity of the what listen when when a book written for the purpose of bringing freedom to your life in the name of Jesus causes you to question the validity of what the bible says about your salvation hello because here's what the bible says about salvation and we we go over this regular if any man be in christ What's it say? First, just kind of crazy. If any man be in Christ, he's a, so, so you're a new creature. See, some of you, you're like, well, the devil's just, he's, he just met, he's, he's got a hold of me still in that old area of my life. Well, wait a minute. You don't have an old area of your life. That old man is dead. All of that passed away. See, there's this idea that there's this idea that, that, that's, that people, the, some people that are teaching deliverance, there's an idea that they push, and that's this idea. That as a Christian, you can be possessed by an evil spirit. And as Christians, if you're a believer, if Jesus is, if Jesus is living in you, how can you be possessed by another spirit if God's spirit is possessing you? How does that work? Now, people will say a lot of different things. You know, possession is just that. If, if you're possessed by an evil spirit, you belong to that spirit. It has rule and control over you. How can God's spirit live in the body of someone who's controlled by an evil spirit? It, it, you, you, can't, you can't have both of those things working. Well, the spirit of God, maybe you kick the spirit of God out. You, how you going <laughs> to kick the spirit? The spirit of God came to dwell in you because he wanted to. You accepted him. Don't get me wrong, you know. It was up to you. But once your spirit became one with the Holy Spirit, once you were born again, it's done. You don't undo born again. Y'all hear me? You can't undo being born again. That's, that's, why I don't, that's why I don't get up when I have altar calls. I don't say, now those of you that are here, if you need to be born again again, come forward. We don't do that. You know why? Because there's, there's nothing in Scripture that, pro, that, that provides that. I don't get up and say, okay, now those of you that need born again, again, again. Because sometimes we make mistakes and we feel like that we got to start all over. But you're born again one time. You're born again one time. God's Spirit becomes one with your spirit that one time. Now for an evil spirit to possess you, it has to go it has to go through all the angels of heaven because the Bible says that the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him. Amen. It has to get all through all the angels of heaven. It has to get past Jesus. It has to get past the blood of Jesus. And the price that Jesus paid, it has to get past the Father God. And it has, then it has to dethrone the Holy Spirit out of your life to possess you. Listen, I'm only going to say it to you. Now, I'm going to explain this because some of you get nervous right now because some of you learn deliverance different. But just hang on. Just stay with me. I'm just going to say it to you straight up. As a Christian you cannot be demon-possessed. 
you can be demon oppressed. And now some people say, there's no difference. There's a big difference. You can have an evil spirit that attaches itself to your flesh, that attaches itself uh, to a habit, to your carnal nature that, that, that hangs around. If, if that evil spirit, listen, I don't, I don't know if there's an evil spirit involved in my love of donuts or not, but if there was somewhere where an evil spirit would want to set up camp in my life, that's where it would set it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because it knows that I have a weakness, you know, for that red sign that says hot donuts now. You know, uh, it, it, it'll get me with hot women. It's hot donuts. <laughs> I already have a hot mama. It's them hot donuts. <laughs> Anyhow, but, you know, there, there are those things in our lives, you know, and some of you know, uh, some of you are aware of those places where the enemy tries to trip you up and tries to uh, knock you down. You're, you're aware of it. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, I've given place to the devil. Wait a minute. <laughs> All right, so you can't be possessed, but you can be oppressed. But the only way that you can be oppressed is if you don't know what the Bible provides for you as a believer in the area of freedom. It's why some of us wrestle and wrestle and wrestle with evil spirits. And we'll even, listen, some of us will even go out of our way to find someone to pray over us for deliverance. Listen, if, you, if you're questioning your freedom, if you're questioning your ability to be able to remain free, you've got, you, you've got to get back to what the Word of God says because the Word of God provides freedom for us 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of our life and for the rest of eternity. Amen. So let me tell you a little story. One day I went to a, I went to a early in my, because I, I, you know, I function in the gift of discerning of spirits. And, uh, and I'll explain what um, uh, being oppressed by an evil spirit means as well. But um, I was uh, a teenager. I was just starting out, and I went to one of these deliverance ministries because I, I felt like, you know, the Lord was, Lord was definitely using me to, to get people free. And uh, I just wanted more understanding. Listen, when you know you, you can run the devil off, you want to do it more. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll take more of that. Um, so when I went, what, what, what surprised me was, was that um, what was being presented caused me to bring into question things that I had settled already as a brand new, as a brand new baby born again believer. The one thing that I had established was that whom the sun sets free, they are free indeed. That was established. One of the things I was able to establish as a baby believer, as a young believer, was uh, what, <clears throat> what, what uh, the Bible tells us. It was it is in the book of Galatians. Uh, yes, in Galatians, that uh, I'm not under the curse, but that Christ has redeemed me from the curse. So I, <clears throat> I had already established I couldn't be cursed. How can something that is blessed be cursed, Right? Some of you, we ask that question, right? But some of you have walked under a curse. I've walked under curses. Do you know what caused me to walk under those curses? When I, when I questioned the validity of the scripture that said Christ had redeemed me from the curse. There's only one way that you can walk under a curse, and that's to, to question the validity of your freedom. 
And what I found in that, in that, and I know that it wasn't intentional. These people weren't intentionally teaching these things to bring people into bondage. <clears throat> but what, what they were doing, they were communicating, <clears throat> whether, in, whether it was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I had something to eat before church. Uh, no, thank you. Um, what, what they were doing, I think, was they were doing their best to try to help people but they didn't realize that a lot of times what they were doing was they were putting people in more bondage. So, so I'm sitting in the, in the service, and the guy gets up to talk about deliverance. And he starts, here's, here's how he starts saying, some of you are here and you don't believe that Christians can have an evil spirit. Now, I didn't say Christians couldn't have an evil spirit. I've, I've, I've functioned under the influence of an evil spirit before because I dropped my guard, because I walked in the flesh. Because I gave myself over to my flesh instead of over to the Holy Spirit. It didn't mean, it didn't mean I was demon-possessed. It didn't really mean that at that moment I was demon-oppressed. In fact, you know, we see it, we see it in uh, the New Testament when Peter, uh, you know, Peter gets a revelation about Jesus. Jesus says, who do men say that I am? Peter responds with, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus turns to him and he says, flesh and blood hadn't revealed that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Jesus is ecstatic over the fact that Peter just got a revelation from God. The spirit of God came on Peter and showed Peter something he didn't know. And Peter, he starts telling Peter, upon this rock, I'm gonna build my church. The gates of hell aren't gonna prevail against it. About four verses later, Jesus says, I'm gonna die. And Peter says, no, you're not. And Jesus turns around and looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. <clears throat> so one moment, Peter has got this revelation and Jesus is patting him on the back for it. And the next minute, Peter gets rebuked because he gave his, <clears throat> he gave his thoughts over to thoughts that didn't align with what God was saying. He gave his thinking over to... What he did was he allowed, he allowed a wrong concept, a wrong idea, a wrong way of thinking, and the root of it we know was Satan, because Jesus said so. The root of that thought that came into Peter's mind, it wasn't just Peter thinking about stuff. Jesus told him where it came from. Get behind me, Satan. So the thought was a thought that was planted by Satan that Jesus wouldn't die. But here's, here's, here's what brought that along. Peter questioning the validity of the word of God. If, G, if Peter had, been, had not been willing to question the validity of the words that were coming out of the mouth of the Christ, the son of the living God, someone who he just realized by revelation. I mean, this is not just man talking anymore. Now for Peter, you know, maybe Jesus at, before that, this was a man talking. But once he got the revelation that this was the Christ, the son of the living God, what he was questioning was the word of, are y'all hearing me today? And anytime you question the validity and the strength and the, the scope and the depth and the power of God's word to, to, to do what he said he would do, to be everything that God said his word would do. You know what God said about his word? That, that uh, heaven and earth would pass, pass away, but his word would never pass away. In other words, his word would always stand for what it stood for. He would always stand behind everything that he said. That man wouldn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That heaven and earth would pass away, but his word would never pass away. 
Are y'all hearing that? That, that, that's, that's why we're a word church. That's why we talk about the word so much. Because we don't want to bring into question. We don't want to question the validity or the strength or the authority or the power or the scope or the height or the depth or the breadth or the width. Or, we don't want to question anything. about. Here's what he said about his word. I will watch over my word to perform it. Amen. He said, my word will not return unto me void, but my word will accomplish everything that it was said out to. So here's what that means. I don't care what the devil is telling you. I don't care what evil spirit comes along and tries to tell you you're cursed, you're bound, uh, you're, you're, op- you're oppressed, you're possessed. I'm going to kill you. You ain't got no hope. Listen, God's word, let every man and let every devil be a liar and let God be true. Amen. I can, I can tell you one thing. I can guarantee you this. Whatever the devil is telling you, the opposite is true. Because Jesus said this. The devil, he said this about Satan. He said, Satan is a liar, and he is the father of liars, and the truth is not in him. So here's what you can count on. If he's telling you something, you can count on the opposite being true. He knows good and well that if he can get you to believe a lie, then he has the authority to wreck your life. But if you will turn it around and believe what God said, then all things are possible to him that believes. Amen. Now, I've been in a scrap or two with the devil. And I'm a fight. I like, I, you know, when I was in the world, I kind of liked fighting. And it didn't change in church. Boy, I like a good scrap. <laughs> Amen. So while I'm, sit, while, I'm sitting in the, uh, while I'm sitting in that meeting, here's, here, here are the kinds of things that began to be thrown out. Some of you don't think that because some of you think because you're a Christian, you can't have an evil spirit. Well, there's some of you are going to find out tonight that you're when we pray over you, it's going to be revealed, which is some of you the source of your problems, your marital issues, your your temper, your uh, you know, that that temper that you have, that uh, um, uh, that that desire that you have to look at pornography. Listen, I've got news for you. There's an evil spirit behind pornography. But guess, guess what, man? We're visual. I, I mean, I may embarrass some people here, but a lot of that, if, if you're bound up with a spirit that came as a result of pornography, it first started as your flesh. It didn't start out with an evil spirit. It started out flesh. And now there might be a spirit there that kind of messes with you every now and again, be like, come on now, you know you... But here's the, and it's not just men. I'm, but I am, I'm, I'm talking to men because we're more visual than women are. I think nowadays it's, it runs the, you know, it runs the spectrum. But everybody uh, is is susceptible, definitely, to the flesh in the in the area of uh, because we're we're God created us as sexual people. I maybe I shouldn't tell this. Maybe maybe I shouldn't say this, baby. This might be TMI here. Well, I've, you know, I've, I've done some marriage counseling with people. And some of the people I've done marriage counseling with are people that have either been married in the past or, and I think I, I, think I told this at the marriage conference, so I, I don't think it's a big deal. But, um, but I've had people come that, you know, they, they were either married in the past and, 
or had past relationships, past sexual relationships. These are people that are adults, you know, people that are farther along in their life. And, um, and they came to me and they're like, well, we're, we're going to, you know, pastor, we're, you know, we've been living together and, but we're not going to, you know, we're going to abstain and we're going to, you know, I, here's the thing. Now I'm don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not giving anybody permission to do anything, but do I have faith that people are going to be able to do that? Uh, no. Do you know why I don't have any faith? Because if I was in that situation as an adult, there's no stinking way. I'm going to tell you right now, your pastor would fail the test. <laughs> I would. Put in that situation, you know, and, and, and loving someone, wanting to have some kind of a relationship with them, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't take long before I'm like, hey, you know, let's, we're really married in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, you come up with all kind of craziness, but that, that's not a bad, that's not evil, that's the flesh. That's the flesh. Now you can get over there and make room for a bad spirit and then become tormented by that spirit and that thing come and mess with you. Y'all hearing me? Yeah. So, uh, but to believe that because you are tempted in that way that somehow or another that the source is a bad and evil spirit and you need deliverance. Listen, you're taking it to an unhealthy place. And you say, well, better, be, better to be safe than sorry. So are you going to go, are, if you get scared you're going to get cancer, you're going to go get chemotherapy before you're diagnosed? No! But see, it's only, when, oh, it's only when it deals with the spiritual. See, we don't understand that when we put ourselves in a position and we go to allow, allowing ourselves to believe that we might need deliverance and let's find out. Wait a minute. Let's find out what you believe first. Let's find out what you believe. What do you believe? Do you really? But what do you believe? And so this guy began to talk and I'm sitting there, an observer. And you know what? I'm starting to listen to what he's saying. And he's like, some of you, before you get out of here, you're going to become aware that you do have an evil spirit. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute. Where's the, we're going to pray over you and some of, some of us are going to minister to you. And that, it seemed to me like that the only way that was being offered as an option for freedom was to go through deliverance. Well, I went through deliverance. I was delivered from darkness into light, from death to life. There wasn't any greater deliverance that took, than took place when I bowed my knee. And it didn't take, uh, it didn't take a, uh, a gaggle of Christians to come and lay hands on me and start calling, who's a strong man? Or name yourself. Now, I'm not, I'm not picking, don't get me wrong, y'all. I don't want y'all to think I'm, I'm making fun because I'm not. I'm, I'm not making fun, but that's, those are the kinds of things. So um, as I sat, the longer I sat in this meeting, all of, now I began to question everything that I had known, what had caused me to walk in freedom, what had, what had, steer, what had, what had taken and steered me away from temptation. I mean, I, there were, I, I, I ran into females that I had hung out with as a teenager and these girls, listen, these girls were lucid and they weren't, they weren't, um, 
they weren't uh, modest and, and whatnot. I, I hung around with girls that they would come out of the shower in a T-shirt and their underwear while I'm at their house and sit and do their hair while I'm sitting there on their bed. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young teenage boy, and they didn't think nothing of it, you know? I'm, and they're just, and I, again, maybe it's TMI. But this, is, this was the environment of where I was at as an unbeliever, as a, you know, as a teenage boy, not a Christian. And then I'm, in, I'm back, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and these people are back in my life, and the Spirit of God had the strength to keep me away from that temptation, to keep me out of that ditch. Thank God. Guys that wanted me to, the guys in the band that I sang with, that heavy metal band. I was walking down the street, of, of the, uh, down the street of the, that I lived on uh, as a teenager and <clears throat> wrestling with, uh, not wrestling with evil spirits, wrestling with uh, ministry and <clears throat> how that was going to happen. I'm less than a year born again. I'm wrestling with how ministry is going to, how's it going to happen, Lord? How's it going to work? And um, having had uh, pastors tell me I was too young and people discourage me from doing ministry. And one of the guys from that heavy metal band drives down, he don't even live there no more, is driving down the street. Don't even know why. He doesn't even explain it. He stops his car. Hey, man, you're back in town. Yeah, I'm back in town. Dude, you're not going to believe this, but we have a gig tonight at the, Oh, I, the long, what was it called? The Long Branch, Long Branch Saloon. Is that right? Long Branch Saloon. That was back in the days, a long time ago. But anyway, the Long Branch Saloon was here in town. We have a gig at the Long Branch and, and our singer, our singer, she, she, she lost her voice and she's not gonna be able to say, we're gonna have to, man, why don't you come sing? You know, you know what my mind said? Because this is how I responded. I was like, well, what are y'all what, what doing? I mean, what songs are y'all doing? Man, we're doing all the songs that we did when we was with you and just a couple others. And I'm like, man, I haven't been listening to the radio. I haven't been listening to no music. I probably don't even know them other songs y'all are doing. Man, we'll do the old set list. And then, I, then it clicked. I'm like, wait a minute. That was what got me in the mess I was in. And the Spirit of God. Oh, shit. Y'all, are y'all hearing me today? Thank God for the Word of God. You know what I thought? I thought right then looking at that. And in fact, I think I told him that. I said, you know what? I'm a new, I'm a new creature. Amen. Old things have passed away and all things have been. He, you know what he said to me? He said, God's not going to care if you get up and sing a few songs. You know what my mind said? My mind said, that makes a lot of sense. But my spirit said, danger, danger. You know, like that lost his space robot. And, and listen, I, I, thank God if it, hadn't, if it hadn't been for the spirit, working in my life and me following the leading of the Spirit, I may have gone a direction that would have uh, opened up an avenue through which I could have been tormented by an evil spirit or allowed myself to be tormented by an evil spirit, especially at that time in my life. But he, he rescued me. He saved me. <clears throat> Amen. Scripture, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. So I... Uh, I'm sitting in that delivery. Get back to it. I'm sitting in that deliverance service. The minute I began to question the validity of God's word, the minute I began to allow another mindset, a mindset that really contradicted scripture. Listen, if you want people to be delivered, then you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't take and try to find out what they've been through, right. what they're going through. What, what they're struggling. Listen, it, it does me no good for you to give me a dissertation 
on what, what, what you're going through and trying to validate and trying to, trying to psychoanalyze and figure out if it was a generational thing or if it came from your mama or your grandma or if it came from a, a, if it came from a herd of swine that threw themselves off a cliff 2,000 years ago. Because the only way you're going to get free and stay free and that's the thing I found with most deliverance, quote unquote deliverance ministry, is that people that supposedly get free don't usually stay free. It's usually an exercise in continual sessions and continual having to go through these things of, of deliverance. And when you know the word of God and you live <clears throat> by faith in the word of God and you trust what the word of God says, then the word of God will bring you freedom as long as you adhere to it and hold it in your heart and believe, even when you stumble, <clears throat> even when you fail, the word of God makes provision for your freedom. The devil has no right to bind you up. If you're a Christian, the devil has no right in your house, period. Have I ever given you this analogy? Let me ask you this. Have I, have I ever given you the analogy of if you left every window open, it's Christmas season. Do you know what? If you never pick, how many of you order packages through the mail for Christmas for, for stuff? Do they leave them on your porch sometimes? We know they're, what do they call them, porch pirates? They get, you know, get up and steal your stuff. Let me, let me tell you this. It doesn't matter if you got 10,000 Amazon boxes in front of your house and you don't have a ring cam or you don't have a camera outside. Even if you leave all that stuff, if you leave your doors unlocked and your windows open and all your valuable stuff hanging around where people can see it, do you know that if someone comes and steals it, it's still against the law? Whether you left it in the front yard, you can move all your stuff to the front yard and they still don't have a right to come. No one has a right to come take your stuff. Is that right? You can call the police and guess what? You can file a police report. They might tell you how dumb it was for you to have left your stuff out in the front yard, but still that doesn't give whoever took it the right to take it. And it's, you still have the right to prosecute anyone who takes your stuff as a thief, as a robber. It's not wise, but a th no one has the right to take your stuff. Well, you know, you must have left a door open. No matter whether you left a door open or not, a thief never has the right in your house. See, and that's the way we've got to see it in the spirit. Devil, the devil, no matter what door you leave open, no matter what you leave on the front porch, the devil never has a right in your stuff. It's always against the law of God. It's always against the will of God. It's always against the design of God. So let me get back to this. And I'm, then I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to let you, uh, I'm glad we had this talk today because some of you are going to leave here not just free, but free indeed. So um, now again, don't, don't, don't get mad at me if you differ in your ideas about, I, I do think there's a time to pray over people and to, and to get spirits off of them. We, we can all agree with that, right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not negating that. In fact, tonight we're going to pray for some folks, and we're going to believe that any influence that a bad spirit has over them is going to be broken in the name of Jesus. 
and they're going to leave out of here free. There are times that we need to do that. So I don't want to, I don't want to say there's never a time. But the first thing we need to do is we need to give people the word so that once they get free, they can stay free. Because without the word, they're not going to stay free. Without the right ideas and the right concepts, they're not going to stay free. <clears throat> so I sat there, and as I sat there and began to entertain uh, or question the validity of God's word, I literally, listen, guys, I'm telling you, it was, I literally felt something drop from the sky and onto my head. And all of a sudden, this fear came over me. So much so that I almost interrupted the meeting and said, I need deliverance right now. Y'all need to pray for me. It was bizarre. But because I was founded in enough of the word of God, I realized that what, what that was wasn't in me. It tried in that meeting to come upon me. So what I learned that day was that there were evil spirits at that meeting waiting for people to make room in their lives for them. And they targeted me as being one of them. I don't guess they thought I had enough wisdom to snap out of it. But before I, before I uh, interrupted the meeting, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, where did that come from? I said, well, Lord, it just came on me. He said, and it has a right to be on you? He said, you don't have a bad spirit. You have a bad spirit that's trying to attack you right now. What are you going to do? Boy, right then I said, devil, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. You have no authority to be here, to be on my life. Who in the world? The Bible says that every evil spirit, that every principality, that every power, that every might, that every dominion has been put under the feet of Jesus. I'm a part of the body of Christ. If he's under Jesus' feet, then it's under my feet. What are you doing out from under my feet? Get back. Get back where you belong in the name of Jesus. Man, That as fast as that thing came on me, it, it jumped right off of me. You know what? I gathered all my stuff, and I walked right out the door, and I never went back. I made a decision from then on. I am not, I'm not, I'm never going to allow myself to bring into question the validity of what I know God's word says about me. You want to hear a funny story? Well, it's not really funny. It is kind of, but uh, years later, Annie and I are married, and a fellow by the name of Danny Ortiz is traveling with me. <laughs> he's, he's a young Puerto Rican guy <laughs> from the Bronx, New York, and we, we were at, uh, and I'm not going to mention the names of the ministers where we were. I hope I don't mention it anyway, but anyway, we were at a minister's house, a minister y'all are familiar with, and these, these folks were kind of old school in deliverance ministry. Now, Don, Don and Lynn have been around a long time in church. They've been through a lot of deliverance classes, a lot of deliverance training. Uh, they've done a lot of deliverance. And so Don, I think Don can testify to what I'm talking about and can bring light to what, you know, a lot of, because I think you all have been exposed to a lot more people than I maybe I have been in deliverance training, deliverance ministry. And you know, you eat the hay, you spit out the sticks. I definitely do believe this, that God is going to use Don and Lynn 
in the last days in the area of deliverance. That they're going to set people free from uh, evil spirits. But those people aren't going to have to keep coming back for sessions. They're going to get these people free, and those people are going to stay free. Because they're, they're people that, have, uh, of, uh, that are believers in the Word of God. But anyhow, um, they were more old school and kind of like the place that I had been where that thing tried to come on me. Well, they began to talk to all of us about how the Lord had raised them up doing deliverance ministry. And, um, and they were talking, and Annie's there, and uh, Brother Danny Ortiz is there, and we just got done eating. And they began to talk, and as they began to talk, they were like, there's a lot of Christians, they don't even know they have devils. There'd be a lot of people surprised, and some, you know what? Some people they need they need you. They just need people to pray over them deliverance, just to you know, just to reveal those spirits. And they began to talk like they were talking in that meeting. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, keep your hand on Annie. Keep your hand on her mind, on her heart. Keep your hand on Danny. Keep your hand on his mind, on his heart, because I know good and well what comes next. And sure enough, listen to me. I function in the gift of discerning of spirits. I was looking at them. I saw in the spirit the very same thing happened to them that happened to me. I watched something descend upon them, and I saw their countenance change. I saw that gray, you know, kind of thing, and I looked at both of them. I knew both of them were about to ask for prayer for deliverance, and I looked at them while they were talking, and I said, y'all just need to hang on to that for a while. I, that, nobody knew what we were talking about. I just told them. They knew what I was talking about. I, just told, I told them that. And then when, I don't remember if it was when we left or when they, they walked away and got away, I told them, I said, this is what happened to y'all. They were like, oh. I said, it happened, right? That's what happened to you? I, I explained, I described to them that something fell on them. It was a fear, an anxiety. They felt, that they, they felt an un, uh, uh, they felt a, a compulsion to ask for prayer. They were driven to ask for prayer for their deliverance. I said, I said, that's what happened to you, right? Both of them. They, I mean, they weren't even talking to each other. They both looked at me and said, yeah. I said, it's an evil spirit. That's an evil spirit trying to come on you, trying to find a place in you. You don't need deliverance. You need to tell that devil that tried to jump on you tonight to take a hike. And we prayed. We broke it. It left. So, as, as, as believers, as Christians, you know, the, the gift of the discerning of spirits may not work in, in all of us all the time, but God's word always works and God's spirit will lead. Listen, don't, don't, if fear comes on you, is that how the Holy Spirit speaks is through fear? Listen, when you got born again, I don't know about y'all, but I didn't want to go to hell. But it wasn't the fear of hell that brought me to an altar. It was, it was the revelation that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. Had nothing to do with fear. Anxiety didn't come on me to get saved. It was revelation. Come on, y'all. God will never use fear to motivate you. Oh, I am preaching. God will never use fear as a motivator to move you to a place of freedom. Fear will, listen, fear will never lead you to freedom. Fear will only lead you to more bondage. Even, even, if, it's, even if your fear takes you to the word of God, because you won't interpret the word of God right when you're in fear. 
You'll interpret it through the flesh and through your own understanding. You've got to, you've got to look at the word of God in faith. And so if fear is a motivator that, had, that drove you to something, that's, that's what I told him. Spirit of God won't work with if you had If you had something that he needed to work through in you, he, that's not how he's going to deal with you. He's not going to deal with you with fear. He's not going to deal with you with anxiety. That's not how he's going to deal. When I, had, when I was bound with evil spirits, when I was demon-possessed, it wasn't fear that, that motivated me to ask those people to pray for me. It was the presence of something that I knew was ungodly, that I knew was bothering me, that needed to go, and I didn't know how to do it. But it wasn't, I wasn't afraid. I was aware that it was there, and I knew it didn't belong. They laid their hands on me. When they did, those evil spirits turned loose of me. Uh, it's a whole different thing when God's spirit is behind it. When God's spirit is behind it, it's not anxious. It's not fearful. When y'all when, when come to me and say, I had a dream. Okay, tell me about the dream. Well, I was being chased by a, a it was a, a bad spirit, a big demon. And then you were in the dream, Pastor. And, and you know what? You had horns in the dream and, a, and you had a, 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 a red pointy tail. And when you opened your mouth, black smoke came out. And I said, how'd that make you feel? I was really anxious. But when I woke up, I was scared. I didn't know. I thought I was, I'm in a bad church. I said, where do you think that came from? I said, where do you think that fear came from, huh? I mean, that, is, that how God, is that how God leads you, is through fear? Is that how he does it, through anxiety? You know, any time a dream leads you there, you know, you know what? You can mark that dream as not being a God dream. You can mark it straightway. You don't even have to pray about it. If that's what it raised up in you, mark it down. That didn't come from God. That was either pizza or that was the devil. But it didn't come from God. When you have a God dream, you'll wake up with it. Can be scary what you saw. You know, some of y'all are like, man, I hope I never see a demon. That scare me. No, not not if the Lord shows it to you. If God shows you an evil spirit, listen, you're going you're, you're gonna be Miss Ron will be pulling off her glasses, taking off her brain, taking off her. She'll be like, all right, now come on. You ready? You came in a. You came up in the wrong house. You ever, you, ever, you, ever, you ever hear that story of Lester Sumrall? An evil spirit came into his bedroom and, uh, and threw, threw the bed around and, and tried to put him in fear. And Lester Sumrall woke up and said, ah, it's just you. And he went, went back and laid back down and fell asleep. But then he, then he got up and said, he's like, I oh, know what, before you go, put the bed back where it belonged. You moved it, I ain't moving it. You move it back. May the devil move his bed back. <clears throat> when, when the Holy Spirit is upon you, you have no fear. When you have fear and anxiety, there's definitely a bad spirit involved. You may not be possessed by that spirit. You may be oppressed by that spirit. That spirit may be trying to come to oppress you. Or it may have been there at another point in time and just, you know, like a rat left its droppings, left the evidence that it was there, and now it's gone down the road. But uh, as God's people, we have authority over every evil. There's not one bit of evil in this world or outside of this world that we don't have the authority 
to take care of in the name of Jesus. You don't have to go through your life bound. You can go through your entire life totally 100% completely free, living in joy, knowing that uh, the devil has no authority and no ability to rule over you if you don't let him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Any questions? <laughs> so how do, how do I go about ministering to people for deliverance? Well, I never ministered to anybody uh, that, um, in a, if I'm in a service and I'm preaching, I don't ever minister to anybody the Lord doesn't point out to me to minister to. Sometimes people will manifest that have evil spirits. Usually they're not Christians. They'll, they'll manifest that have evil spirits. And um, I'll have to wait on the Lord to find out how to deal with it. Because I believe in dealing with things the way God asks you to deal with things and not just trying to push buttons and pull levers like a lot of people do. And if it means they leave their... Uh, still bound, then, so, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what the Lord tells me to do. And if, if he shows me, then I have the ability to deal with it. If he doesn't show me something, then I'm going to wait on him. Um, you don't always deal with an evil spirit that you don't, by yelling at it, by throwing oil on it, <laughs> by hitting it with your Bible, you know. Um, just because one doesn't come out doesn't mean you have to find out what the strong man is. That really, you know, that scripture, I know that it's there, but that's not, you can do that, and it's something that is effective at times, but it's mostly, most of the time, I've found it to be unnecessary when you've got God's plan and God's will on how to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with. And sometimes it's just a matter of just, you know, um, it's simple. Now come out. <laughs> you know, leave. I mean, it really is that simple. When the Lord's shown it to you, it's that. It really is that simple. Anybody who tells you it's not that simple, maybe the Lord's never anointed them enough to have any kind of uh, real influence over evil spirits. But now the first time I ministered to people that were demon-possessed, I was there till 3 in the morning. And we wrestled and wrestled, but it's only because that's what I knew. If I if I know if I'd known then what I know now, we'd have been in there ten minutes, and it would ever would have every bit of it would have been over with, and my grandmother wouldn't have been mad at me when I got home. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have any questions. Um, the gift of the discerning of spirits, though, is is uh, very helpful in dealing with people that are in need of deliverance because it wades through all the nonsense. I had a friend of mine. Um, let, me sh let me tell you about, because it's not always about evil spirits. Let me, let me give you one more thing, and then I'll, I'll, we're going we're gonna to pray. But uh, the gift of discerning of spirits. When it started working in me, I saw evil spirits. The first thing I saw was demon spirits. And um, I've told you all what they looked like to me. And I, I started to deal with them. I started to pray with people that had these demons on them. And God's given me a lot of grace, a lot of favor, especially now. Nowadays, some people don't even, they don't even manifest. The demons don't even have an opportunity to throw those people into a fit before they have to turn loose of people. It's just, you win a place in the spirit, and then when you deal with those evil spirits, it don't take, so that's, that's where it's come to. But in, in the early days, because I didn't know what the heck I was doing and didn't really understand all that the word of God said, and I think the Lord was teaching me. 
The first thing I saw was evil spirits. second thing I saw was angels. But the third thing I saw was something that was about the human spirit. So I had a friend, his name was Russ. And one day I was up in the front of the church praying for him. And as I was praying for him, just an example of the discerning of spirits, as I was praying for him, I went into, I saw a vision. And um, in the vision, I saw what looked like people that were made of light walking into the church through one door. The church had two doors like that. It was a tiny church, had two doors like that, those doors there, except they were wooden. And they were open, and through one side, of, on, the, on, the, on the right side, people were walking into the church, and on the left side, people were walking out. And they were all identical. They were just, they, they were bodies. They looked like people, but they had no faces or nothing. It was, they were just light, and they were walking. Then I saw that there was one going in, that he looked like a person, a person I knew. It was Russ, my friend Russ. And this one that was walking into the church was happy and, and joyful and just, I mean, just a, 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 a countenance of joy on him. And then I looked, and in the vision, uh, they're all, all these bodies are passing one another. Man, it's all right, buddy. It's all right. Jesus loves you. And so do we. So anyway, they're past one. And when, when Russ got to the entry of the door, there was one coming out, and it was Russ. It was a duplicate of Russ. And the, the one coming out of the church was angry and mad and seething. And the angry Russ looked at the joyful Russ as they met at the door, and the good Russ went in and the bad Russ went out. And that was uh, that, was that gift. And the, what, the, what the word of the Lord was to Russ was, uh, you, you, that jerk Russ that, that, you know, the old man is about, to, is about to head out and what God created you to be is about to come in. And uh, what it was was he wasn't going to cause no more trouble in the church because he was a troublemaker. So anyway, <laughs> and I told him, I said, I said, you're not going to cause no more trouble. And you know what? From that point, <laughs> he never caused no more trouble. He was a gossip. He was terrible. But anyway, uh, but that's, that's kind of how that gift works. You see into the realm of spirits. You, you, you hear in the realm of spirits. The night I, uh, the night, well, anyway, that's it. Um, I, that's all I'll tell you. I'll tell you some other stuff later. The stuff that has, it's neither here nor there. It's just kind of unusual things that happen. And, and we'll, we'll talk about this next week. We got to finish this before the end of the year. I'm trying. Because we've been on it all year. Yes. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, one time I was, uh, one time I was, uh, I was in my room. I'd been praying. It's all right, Tyler. You almost made it. Um, her question was, can you see a spirits that are, you know, messing with you? If whether it be an angel or whether it be an evil spirit. One time, I'll, I'll give you an example. One time I was uh, in my room. I was a teenager, and I, Tyler. In fact, Tyler's mother, uh, her, she would take. Her and her friends would go in my room when I was gone, when I was traveling. They would go in there because they said they felt something weird in my room. But it was very peaceful. They, they, one time I came home from a trip. I had all my bags. I walk in, they're sitting on my bed. And they're, <laughs> they're just sitting there. And I'm like, what are you, you know, like a big, typical big brother. What are you doing in my room? You know, I'm a teenager. And they go running. <laughs> and, and that's when she finally told me. She said, 
we feel something good in your room. It's really nice in there, and we really enjoy it. And, and I, I took her in there so she could feel it, you know, one of her friends. But um, that's, that, that started happening after this event. I was in there asleep, and um, I was praying because I felt like that I, I was just struggling with... Um, um, struggle, I was struggling with not, not, I don't think it was necessarily sin. It was with understanding righteousness and some of these things that I was really, I was really contending for the faith for. I wanted to, you know, Fred Price would get up and say I was righteous and I couldn't believe it, you know? And I'm like, Lord, help me with that, man. I was just struggling with those kinds of things because I thought I was just a dirty, rotten, you know, scoundrel. And so I went to bed that night and I fell, I went to fall asleep. And before I could fall asleep, you know how when you're in the dark and someone turns on the light, you can see the light even when your eyes are closed. So I'm in my bed, and all of a sudden, I'm aware of the presence of God really strong. I mean, real strong. And it looks like someone turned the light on in my room where it was dark. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh. I knew that there was something happening. But I wasn't sure that I should open up my eyes or not because I didn't know what I was going to see. And, you know, the only place in Scripture where, um, where you, you see people startled are when angels show up and stuff. Never when demons show up. It's always when angels show up. Um, it's only when angels show up that they're like, don't be afraid. It's me, you know. <laughs> Fear not. <laughs> and so I was a little nervous to open my eyes. But when, when I finally opened my eyes, there were six angels standing, on e three on each side of my bed, and they held, I don't know what it was, but it created a canopy over my bed. And the Lord reassured me just in that moment. I mean, I opened my eyes for a moment and saw them. And in that moment, the Lord reassured me, and he said, I got you. And I, and I fell asleep. Had the best sleep I had up to that point in my life. That's the best sleep I ever had. I woke up the next day, and I was at peace about the things that I had been contending for. And I knew that the Lord would be, and shortly after that, God began to give me revelation on lots of stuff that I had really, really pressed in for. So, yes, that was, so, you know, that was for me. You know, those angels showed up for me. Um, I, I told maybe the other day about that evil spirit that came in my room, and my dad, I told that. So, so you know, I saw that as well. Uh, my dad experienced that along with me. He's not even a believer, but had the experience, had no idea what the heck was going on, but it was happening. That activity was happening in the house, and he was aware of it. So it's, it's you know, people, uh, people come, come to me and say, well, you know, you're just radical. You're one of them radical Pentecostals. Y'all believe anything. Well, you've come too late to tell me it's not real. I mean, I, I've experienced too much. It's, uh, and the Bible says too much about it for it to, yeah, follow up. Um, so Christians cannot be possessed, but yeah. they can be oppressed. Yes. Can a person under oppression still do deliverance or still function yeah. in that gift of the spirit of discerning? If, the if, the, if, you're, if, if you're being harassed by an evil spirit, that's all it is, is you're just being harassed. It's trying to persuade you of something that's not true. And it's just there. And the only reason it has the authority and the power to stay is because you've not yet identified who you are in Christ and what ground you need to stand on to ensure that that doesn't come and mess with you no more. Now, again, you have to be careful not to call everything that's anxious an evil spirit because sometimes we're anxious because people get anxious. You know, we, we let our minds, you know, uh, 
get the best of us, just to run. A, uh, we let our thoughts run away uh, sometimes on unhealthy things, or we obsess about certain things, or um, we act up in youth group, or we're anxious about it. And but anyway, <laughs> but but that's not that's not necessarily evil spirit. That could be the flesh, and there may not be an evil spirit associated with it at all. So you got to be careful to when when it's a when it's an evil spirit. Um, you'll probably be the first one to be aware of it. But you won't be aware of it like a, a, a fear. You'll just, it'll be a knowing. You'll be like, oh. and then you'll rise up and take your place and kick it out. Now, sometimes you might need help with that. You know, if you're, especially if you're a new believer, you're weak in faith, you may need some other believer to come alongside you and, and agree with you in prayer that uh, you're not going to be harassed by that evil spirit no more. And that's, that's totally appropriate. Sometimes people go through different seasons of, uh, in their life where they need uh, people to join their faith with theirs. So, um, again, my assumption isn't always that it has. My, my first assumption is if I'm dealing with something uh, that it's my, that, that's uh, taking me away from the word of God, that it's my flesh. I'm never going to make an assumption that it's an evil spirit and of course, um, if, if I become aware of the fact that it is, then I'm going to deal with it. And if I, it does, it, right. It affects, your, it affects your mind, your will, and your emotions. You can be driven, you know, if you let it, if you don't, if you don't renew your mind with the word of God, the devil scramble your brains. He'll tell you every lie in the book. And if you buy it, if you believe it, then you're in torment, which is why we got to renew our minds with the word. So yeah, uh, the devil deals with us in the realm of our soul and in our physical, you know. Uh, night we were, we were casting devils out of people. I, I felt an evil spirit crawl up onto my arm. I went to try to stretch out my arm and I had pain like I was pulling a, something in my arm. I was like, no, I recognize you. I see what you're trying to leave in the name of Jesus. Just like it crawled on, it crawled off. And I was like, thank God, amen. You, go, you, you, you see a lot of things like that. You know, uh, that was a that's a bad spirit. Bad spirit. That makes makes sense. Yes. When I when I saw when I saw that, I've I've seen I've seen three types of I th what I consider to be three types of evil spirits. One of them what one of them was a little tiny. <laughs> I can, only, I can only describe it as being, um, there was a little alien on um, a cartoon that I watched once that uh, it was a Bugs Bunny cartoon. And the alien was really tiny and small. Is an old, old cartoon. Maybe you guys have never even seen. Uh, no, it wasn't even him. It was, a, it was old, old. Maybe he's the first iteration of Marvin. I don't know. If I ever find a picture, I'll show you. But it was tiny. And this one, this evil spirit, I was listening to, first time I ever listened to Ken Copeland, I was listening to Kenneth Copeland on a tape. I'm sitting in my room. I'm rocking back and forth on my knees listening to Brother Copeland. And I see something out of the corner of my eye, and it's this little, I, an imp, something. And I thought, what in the world? I thought I was seeing things at first. But I just sat, you know, and then I'd go to look, and it'd shoot back into my closet. I know these things sound weird. Maybe you ought to shut off the recording. 
this thing, this thing came out, and I thought, I'm going to see what it's going to do. I'm going to see what it's going to do, see if this is real. And that thing walked out, and it, walked, it was like tiptoeing toward me real slow. And then it got right about here, and, and I, when I went to look at it, it ran real fast and slapped me in the mouth. And I felt the slap. And, and I, I looked at it and it ran back toward my closet. I was like, in the name of Jesus, you know, and I, I, I rebuked it. So I seen him like that. And then the next, next one I've seen, it looked like a, one of those gremlins from, um, from you know, movie Gremlins. He's long, it had long arms and long ears, like the, one, the, the ugly ones, not the little cute ones, but the ugly one. And uh, probably about, stood about this big. And I've seen those hang on people that were sick. The cause of, there was the cause of their sickness. I've seen them hanging around the rafters of churches, uh, you know, just causing trouble, um, sitting on people's shoulders, whispering in their ears, tormenting people. And then I've seen the, the biggest devil I saw was the one that came in my room, threw that thing on me when I was a teenager, and it had to duck itself to get into the door. And it was a very large, very bulky type of uh, evil spirit and I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I could categorize them, uh, you know, of course, I'm just telling you what I saw. This is not doctrine. I'm just telling you what I saw. And um, so those, those are the three that I've seen. And, um, and then angels, man, I've seen, I saw an angel that was bigger than a, a bigger than the myriad, you know, the myriad convention center where, in fact, it was in a, it was in a gathering that was like that, that that thing was sitting in the middle of that gathering and had its head bowed just to be to be in the building, you know, just so it could be seen. And I think that was why, was so it could be seen. It didn't look uncomfortable. It was just forcing itself into the into that space so it could so the the uh, maybe the scale of it could be known. So I've seen angels that look like people. I've seen angels that look like you wouldn't you wouldn't even you'd think it was a person. Uh, I saw a prosperity angel one time was dressed in the nicest suit I've ever seen anybody dressed in walking around the back of the church as I was preaching on supernatural increase. Didn't even realize it was an angel until, you know, I think Annie was the one that pointed it out that night. She got spun around and whacked in the head or something. It was at Ben's church. And uh, then I was like, yeah, I saw that angel. And Annie uh, experienced a touch from God as a result of that. And then I've seen him, you know, in the, the classic way you think they'd be those ones, but by my uh, bed were dressed in white with flow, with, looked like flowing gowns and were floating there. And no wind blowing, but it looked like their gowns were floating and were brilliant white that I couldn't even see their faces. I could make out that they had hair, and some of them had long hair, and some of them had curly hair, and some of them had short hair, but they had hair, and they were there, and they were, um, you know, whoa, they were there, for, I guess, to uh, help me out, but uh, it was good. So that's the kinds of angels I've seen. When when Lynn and I were first uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, we were living across the street from uh, uh, this woman, and um, she wasn't saved, and and I'm not sure how we uh, got to talk. I get I guess I was giving her a ride to work or something like that for a, for a few weeks when her car was was messed up or something, and. Um, uh, but in any case, uh, tried witnessing to her and so forth, and and uh, one thing led to another, and we found out she 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 had a demon in her house, or she she felt like there was something going on, something weird going on in her house, and uh, so Lynn and I went across the street, and we're talking to her, and um, 
we saw something, it, it was, you know, wasn't anything, it, it, it was moving so fast you really couldn't, couldn't focus out, on yeah. it. It was like it was in, the, in your peripheral vision and it was small, it was small like a, like a, uh, a small animal, mm -hmm. uh, except it was, it, was, it, it was like a negation, like a, a void. Uh, rather than uh, uh, something physically there right. that you could look at, but but it was it was dark or black, and uh, it it it, zo it zipped uh, through my field of vision. Now, Lynn, you have to ask Lynn. She's had a lot more, seen a lot more things right. in the spirit than I have. But but that was my one uh, encounter with uh, <laughs> with something. Uh, and she said that. Uh, when they cleaned out their garage, they uh, they, uh, they had a, a like a loft in the garage, and there was a bunch of animal bones and and underwear and stuff up there. So so I think that was the origin of it that there was some uh, some kind of uh, nastiness going on that right. that, uh, that creature. Uh, yeah, you, you, we, we got to be careful. We don't participate in things that really entertain evil spirits. And there are some things you know, a lot of the environments that's in the bar will entertain a, wrong, a bad spirit. We, we don't get that, you know? We don't get that a lot of what, drugs and that, that that's, that's a, uh, all those things are a form of imitating God. And we know who, the who tries to imitate God, the devil. Um, he's a, the great imitator for the purpose of deception. And so anything that we do, I, I remember uh, Norval Hayes saying that um, when the movie The Exorcist came out, he was casting demons out of a lot of people because they'd go to that movie and give place to the devil. Um, he said one at one time, maybe some of y'all don't know this, back in the 70s, they, people used to do something they called streaking. It's where they took all their clothes off, ran around, ran down the street naked, and they'd do it just for fun, you know. It was like, you know, we're just gonna, I'm just going to run and, you know, naked. Well, there was a kid he said he, he had to minister deliverance to because he had gone streaking and it opened up the door to an evil spirit, you know? So there are activities that we don't know that open up doors to evil spirits. Now, these, guys, he wasn't, these people weren't saved. These people were not born again, people that he was casting devils out of. These were lost people that didn't realize that their, the activity that they were participating in gave place to the devil. And we don't really, the, the world doesn't really uh, believe that or acknowledge that anymore like they did at one time they just think it was psychological that we were given over to myths and it you know influenced us in the in the mind but when you look at this world now you know uh you realize that we've opened up to something that's far more destructive than any other generation has ever dealt with and um it has to do with uh opening up the door to to evil you know some evil spirits um but I, I do believe, you know, that uh, those that are unbelievers can be possessed by an evil spirit. And evil spirits do desire to possess people. And I think there are more people that are possessed by spirits than um, probably realize it. And um, we're the only ones who have the authority uh, to deal with it. So, uh, amen. All right. Did, was this helpful to anyone tonight? All right. Amen. Wonderful. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for... Uh, what you've said to us tonight. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would continue to work with us and to help us concerning these things. Lord, uh, we trust in you. We acknowledge you. We believe you, Lord. We believe all that you are doing, all that you are saying. We trust, God, that you're going to have your way 
in and through us in this hour in the name of Jesus. Continue to work with us, Lord. We'll give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.